0: Hey, hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 86, and today we are going to be talking about how to optimize your listing and get more conversions and learn how to use language to actually make your product or your listing stand out amongst the competition. And I actually have a guest on today that's actually going to teach... Us, I say us because I'm looking forward to this because I really believe that uh, I can learn a lot from this because this is all about copywriting, which is languaging and figuring out how to talk and speak to your audience, and then this way here, when you're out there creating your listing, you're not just like everyone else. And her name is Karen Thaxton, who has been in copywriting for over 20 years now in e-commerce. She's been helping e-commerce businesses uh, craft their messages, write their sales copy, and really just understanding the human psychology because once we do that, our conversions can increase just by changing some of the messaging. So I'm really, really excited to have her on today. I actually learned of her from Steve Chu who actually has a podcast called My Wife Quit Her Job and uh I really I just listened to the interview and I said my gosh she would be great for our podcast and actually teach us and selfishly teach myself but also teach you guys and I think if we can learn how to again be different right we're always thinking about the product how can we be different with you know creating you know a different product or bundling which is important you guys all know that but the messaging really, really can have a huge impact. So I'm really, really excited to share her with you. So with that all being said, let's go ahead and meet Karen and uh, and learn from her. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you at the end of the interview. Well, hey, Karen, uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out of your day to uh, to come on our show.
1: Nice to meet you, Scott. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited uh, to have you on, actually, because this is something that I've talked about briefly, but really, I think you're the expert in this. Is and that's you know the the you know the optimization of a listing and kind of like you know the things that make a listing really good and that I think the key points to to uh, to selling a product effectively. And I think that you're going to be able to share with us some of those. I guess, the the main things that people should really focus on and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and really build out a listing that's well optimized and probably things to look for that aren't so optimized on other listings so they know that they can probably do a better job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Be glad to help with that.
0: Yeah. So why don't we just uh, again, why don't we just uh, we kind of dive in before we do, though, let me just let's kind of hear a little bit about your backstory, how you got started um, in this in this Amazon space. I know you've been kind of copywriting for a while. Maybe you can kind of talk a little bit about that, Then kind of how you got into the Amazon, uh, you know, the Amazon channel. And then from there, we can kind of dig into the actual kind of strategies and stuff as far as optimizing and and creating some really good copy.
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, forever ago, I was working at ad agencies and decided that I didn't want to do what everybody else wanted me to do anymore. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And the part that I loved the best out of the entire process was writing the copy. So I started marketing words in 1999 and have been going strong for 16 years, and about two or three years ago started having a lot of our e-commerce clients. We do a a ton of e-com, and those folks were starting to pop up and say, hey, you know, we just realized that we can be selling our products on Amazon as well as on our own websites. Do you know how to create the Amazon product pages. And at that point, we didn't, but we found out very quickly. So by dealing with them and literally trial by fire about three years ago or so, we have gone through practically everything that Seller Central mentions about <laughs> keyword research and titles and all the different changes that they're constantly making. And have run into all the instances where Amazon contradicts itself and tells you to do A in this place, and then over here it tells you to do B, and it's been quite a trip. But we have managed over the years to help hundreds and hundreds of Amazon sellers make more money by getting their listings ranked higher in Amazon's internal search engine, as well as converting better once people actually get to the product page. So we're very proud of what we've been able to accomplish for our clients.
0: Yeah. And that's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I mean, you've taken something that again, I think works in it's, it's important in, in everything in business, you know, writing good ad copy, you know, writing copy that gets people to, uh, understand the product and to want the product. And Mm -hmm. I think dive into the emotions and all that stuff, which I think Mm -hmm. we're going to dig into, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I think it's great that you kind of adapted what you've been doing forever and now, you know, Amazon just happens to be here. So now you're like, well, it's the same thing. You just basically got to do this and point it over here and do the same thing over here. It'll work the same because it's people, right? We're talking about people.
1: At its core, it's the same. Uh, You do have to wiggle and worm your way through all of Amazon's criteria and you can do this and you can't do that and you can do this, but you have to do it this way and, So it is, writing for Amazon is a puzzle. It really is. You got to put all the bits and pieces in the right places and you have to do it correctly or you get slapped by Amazon with one of their famous emails that say your listing is not following the criteria of the style guide for that category. We've delisted it until you come under compliance and that's always a scary thing. So uh, it's it's a little more complicated than just writing copy but you are still dealing with people who are looking to uh, fill a need or solve a problem so yes at its core it's still copywriting
0: yeah I, I'm glad you brought that up because you're right I mean there's a lot of things that are behind the scenes I guess that um, you know if, you, if it's not done properly or if you you try to uh, do things that aren't I guess approved by Amazon that could get you uh, slapped, and we don't want that to happen. And that's why we have you on today, Karen, because you're <laughs> going to help us with that. Uh, so I, I want to thank you for that. Uh, but uh, okay, so let's just kind of dig in then. I guess let's start with this. Let's start with what are the what are the big mistakes you're seeing Amazon sellers making? You know, on, on the surface, like what are you seeing? That new listings are coming on or or customers come to you, clients come to you and they give you their listing that's already there and it's not converting. What are some of the things that you see that are mistakes that they're making?
1: The number one biggest mistake of all time is not understanding what goes into the search term fields and how to format that. And typically what sellers are doing, I'm not just talking about newbies. I'm talking about people that have been sellers on Amazon for years and years and have hundreds of products on there that are still doing it this way. We see that folks are in Google mindset and Amazon's internal search engine is the complete opposite of Google's search engine. So folks are going to the search term fields and they're putting one key phrase per five search term fields. So you're dealing with five key phrases. Um, cell iPhone 6 case, cell phone case, mobile phone case, you know, whatever. And that's all they're doing. Sometimes they're even putting these in the actual keyword field, the platinum keyword field, instead of the search term fields. So They're not putting keywords in the right place a lot of times. If they are putting them in the right place, they're doing them incorrectly and they're losing a ton of traffic that they could be getting by just having five individual key phrases in these fields. So it is vitally important to understand a couple of things. First of all, like I said, Amazon and Google are almost polar opposites when it comes to how they operate their search engines. Everybody assumes that Amazon operates just like Google. Google has many, many criteria that deal with things off of your website. So while you do need keywords on a web page, not an Amazon page, but a web page on your site, you need them in in your headline, you need them in the code where the title is, in the meta description tag, and all these other places, Amazon isn't that way. They aren't looking at backlinks coming into the Amazon site. They aren't looking at your social media presence to see how many shares and likes you have. They aren't looking at all of these other factors that are off the page. Everything that happens to boost your search rankings on Amazon happens on Amazon. So you have to know what to do and where to put it as far as keywords go. Amazon also operates on individual key words just the term itself keyword has uh been come to know as synonymous with key phrases when it comes to google and it's not the same thing amazon uses individual words google primarily looks at phrases a couple of three words iphone 6 case or what have you with amazon Each individual word in your title and in those five search term fields is searchable. Every individual word. You don't have to have them in phrases. They don't have to be in any particular order. And people get hung up on the fact that they think, mistakenly, that they need to have five key phrases in those fields and that's all they're putting. So that's without a doubt the biggest if, if you are unfamiliar how to do Amazon keyword research, I would suggest getting some information. Uh, Scott, we're going to mention an offer that I have later on that all of this is outlined in an ebook that I have that can bring you. It's a little too complicated to go into much detail here, especially since I can't show you exactly what we're doing. Uh, that would be different, too, to be able to highlight it visually for folks. But just know that each word is, is searchable in your title and in the five fields, and you need to fill up as many of those 50 characters per field as you possibly can so that you can drive more traffic to your listings.
0: I and mean, that's huge. You know, I mean... I know I'm sure a lot of people, and I know even myself. and i I, I knew that now, but I didn't know that in the beginning. right. Um, and you know, and it was funny because I was doing that. It was, like you said, like garlic press and then stainless steel garlic press and then black garlic press, right? So you're repeating the garlic press, taking up all of these different characters that you could be utilizing for other keywords
1: right. And you've got a very good point there that I didn't mention is you do not repeat keywords on Amazon, like you would on a website if you were trying to rank high for Google. So once you mention garlic press in your title, for example, if you have a, um, a professional quality stainless steel garlic press, and that's part of what's in your title, you would not repeat garlic press or professional, or stainless steel in your keywords. Once you mention it on Amazon, they've got it. You don't have to drill it in their head. So that's a very good point. There's a lot of wasted space with repetition that doesn't need to happen.
0: So let me ask you this. If, if it's already in my title, okay, mm-hmm. would I then still want to put it in my keyword field in the back end?
1: No, because your title counts as a keyword field.
0: Gotcha. Okay, that's that's huge. I didn't know that. I did not yes. know that.
1: Many, many, many people don't realize that, and that's outlined in the, the ocean of information on in Seller Central. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's in there somewhere uh, a couple of different times, but yes, it, they, they work together. So essentially, you have your five search term fields, and then you also have your title, which kind of sort of gives you a sixth search term field.
0: Okay. Okay. No, that's that's huge. That's a huge value bomb right there. That's really good. Uh, and so you don't have to keep repeating it. And even though that's on the surface where people can see it, it's technically a field that they're counting as uh, the search term for that particular listing.
1: Right. Exactly. And yeah. there's, let me mention too, while we're talking about the repetition that always brings up, uh, there is a rumor going around that Amazon will penalize you if you repeat keywords between the title and the search term fields. Amazon won't penalize you. You're going to penalize yourself because all that's going to happen is you're going to waste space that you could use for more keywords to drive more traffic. But no, you do not get penalized by Amazon if you do this. It's just not necessary.
0: Okay. And now what about the bullets? Now the bullets, Now, is that Again, I mean, because sometimes you have to mention it. Like if we said to like, you know, stainless steel garlic press in the title, but then in the bullets, you, you could say like, um, industrial, you know, this industrial strength garlic press will last 10 times longer than this. Right. So is it okay to do that?
1: Yes. But you have to keep in mind that the bullets in the product description are not counted as keyword fields. As gotcha. a matter of fact, Amazon says in seller central, that uh, bullets and product descriptions are not indexed for search. And it's hilarious because two or three years ago, they had that, um, I've got screenshots of it as a matter of fact, they have it uh, at the bottom of a list and it's just this little sentence that says bullet points and product description are not indexed for search. Now it's in a box that is highlighted and yellow. So apparently they're <laughs> they're tired of answering that question or they, they must have been getting a lot of feedback about it because now it's this highlighted yellow box that says bullet points and product descriptions are not indexed for text. Okay. So they're not that being said, they aren't looking there for keywords, but there is something in Amazon's internal search engine that will sometimes underline the word sometimes be helpful if you have keywords in the bullet points. Okay. And I'm thinking maybe it's just some residual glitch, but I've seen uh, enough evidence to want to put them in the bullet points in the product description. Like you said, you're talking about this product, so you can't help but mention it anyway. Sure. And occasionally it will bring up something unexpected when you do a search on Amazon and here comes this product. Maybe the, the words are not in the title or in the keyword f- uh, the search term fields. So it, is, it can be helpful, but it is absolutely not all the time. And I would not ruin the way that your copy reads stuffing bullets full of keywords because that isn't going to help anybody.
0: No, no, okay. no. Okay, so while we're on this topic real quick, because something came to my mind that <laughs> I know has been questions. Um, when we're doing Amazon pay-per-click, a lot of times you will find that something, our product listing might not be relevant, and that's why we're not getting impressions. Um, now, is do you know anything as far as, you know, if we include them in the description, uh, keywords, or in the bullets, will that help our listing become relevant?
1: I don't have an answer to that.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just I do, didn't know if you did because you, you do know a lot about the rules and regulations. So yeah,
1: we don't deal too much with um, the PPC end of it because that's more going into the marketing, and we focus strictly on the writing. Okay. When you're doing Amazon ads, they're just pulling the text from your listing, so gotcha. there's nothing for us to do there. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Yeah. And yeah. and again, I I mean my belief is on it that it has to help because you know that's a lot of space that's you know isn't getting indexed necessarily, but it technically is going to tell them. What your product is about. So, in right. that in that sense, when you're doing pay-per-click, if you're only able to do a, a title and then just your keyword fields how are you going to rank for all of these miscellaneous keywords? There's got to be another part of their algorithm that is, is allowing that. And I, I believe it's bullets in description, but that's just my belief. It doesn't mean it's proven.
1: Yeah, might be, might yeah, be.
0: Yeah, but okay. So now let's talk again. Let's talk about, because I, that is all important for search. Cause we want to ser- we want to get found in search. That's what we're doing here. So really the keywords, finding the keywords, which I've talked about on the podcast is finding it. You have a, a, a an ebook that actually goes in, into this in depth, which I know cause I've purchased the book, but um, you know, let's just kind of talk now about like the title, because mm-hmm. now let's talk about like a conversion mechanism or a title that's going to grab someone, or that's going to be better than, than the next one. And kind of maybe some best practices for, uh, a title
1: titles, um, probably the biggest thing that kills a title is having one that sounds just like everybody else's title and this is extremely pre- prevalent if you go to Amazon and search for anything made out of silicone. <laughs> <laughs> right, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right now, it is a silicone world on Amazon. And everything, things you never even thought of that could be manufactured out of silicone are being manufactured out of silicone. So, uh, if you go and you look for measuring spoons or silicone measuring cups or whatever it may be, you can scroll for pages and pages and you see titles that essentially say the exact same thing. But maybe instead of five cups in the set, they have four cups in the set or, you know, different colors or things of that nature. What happens from a consumer behavior standpoint is people get tired of reading the same things and they're getting no information to help them make a decision just from the search results page while they're scrolling through the titles and the prices and whatnot. So they resort to looking at reviews Mm -hmm. and prices. And now instead of being able to base their decision on the quality of your product or why they need your product as opposed to all these other options they have, they're going to base it on how many reviews you have and how cheap your price is. And you don't want to discount your profits that way. So I go through and take a look at reviews quite a bit and at the questions and answers quite a bit, not only for existing listings of our clients, but also for their competitors. And I'm looking for ideas. What is it that people keep saying over and over and over again that they liked about this particular product? Is there anything in here that people say, I love it, but I just really wish somebody would Blah, 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 fill in the blank with whatever they're hoping for. Does your product fill that wish that somebody is looking for? Are there features in there that people don't realize exist and your product has it, but you just didn't think to mention it because you didn't realize it was important? So, going through all of that information gives you some ideas on how to position your product a little bit differently than somebody else's product. You can, um, On my blog, on the Marketing Words blog, I have a list in one blog post of about 30 different ways you can differentiate a product. And you may do something like putting it in a bundle. Don't just sell the measuring cups; Sell other things with the measuring cup that are applicable. Or do a multi-pack or position yours as something that can help people who are dieting. Or maybe those who are trying to eat healthier, you know, you could use it as a portion control tool, not just as ordinary old measuring cups. But there are millions of different ways out there to position something other than saying of 5 multicolored silicone measuring cups, BPA-free, FDA-approved, and all the stuff that every other listing is saying, Once you experiment a little bit, you'll be able to find a differentiator that sets you apart, and then yours is going to be more appealing. You'll probably be able to charge more for it because now yours is appealing to a little niche instead of just the general population that has 50 other options that they can choose from, and you don't have to worry about constantly repricing or having a race to get more reviews than the next guy because your copy is able to do the heavy lifting on that and convert people on its own merits.
0: Yeah, that's those are some great, great points, and uh, I think you broke it down really, really good. Uh, you know, just being different with with you know, in positioning the product, I think is 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 huge for people to take away because, like you said, you know, you could be you could be you know, selling the same you know silicone spatula, but if it's geared for someone that is a certain type of cook that that uses that particular one and you positioned it to it's made basically for them. Well, it's going to it's going to reach out to them as they're as they're scrolling through and they're going to stop on yours because ah, this is the one that's made for me.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah,
0: I, I like that. That's that's really good. Really good information there. And yeah, we'll we'll leave that in the show notes. Uh, maybe that blog post, and that way people can go over there and check out. Um, you know those those ideas. I think that would be very very useful. Uh, so okay, now let's move from the headline or the title. Let's move to the bullets. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the bullets a little bit. Um, what's your thoughts on bullets? What should be in the bullets, and um, you know how should we structure them?
1: Legally, you should not include uh, items in your bullets that are not related to features and benefits. And that's why they call them features in Seller Central. Uh, We named them bullets, but most of the time you see them spoken about as features when, when Amazon talks about them. And that's exactly what that section is for. And Amazon even gives you the instruction of longer, detailed bullets or features, as they call them, are better than very short ones. Their examples are not as long as some people's that I've seen that get carried away. I've seen people put 350 characters in a bullet. And to me, that's a little long. Mm -hmm. But what needs to go in there are... The features of your product that are most important to your target customers, for the people that are going to buy that particular product, it may take a little experimenting to figure out which ones they need, which ones are more important to them. We have written copy for clients and put the bullets in a particular order, and then maybe a month later... We wanted to do some tweaking and testing and just see if we could inch that conversion rate up a little bit more. We didn't rewrite anything. We just reordered the bullets and it caused improvements Hmm. in the conversion rate. So apparently we didn't have them in just the right order uh, and customers weren't seeing some things that were there. Don't ever assume that shoppers are going to sit there and read the entire product page because that just is not going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'm not sure if everyone is seeing this as of right now, but I know that they've just updated some of the categories that the listings now with the bullets, they're only showing the first two and then you have to read more to see the rest.
1: Yeah. And they put them down at the bottom. Are you talking about the new design? Yeah. With yeah. The, yep, I don't like that one. Yeah, as a as a shopper, not yeah. as somebody involved with Amazon, as a shopper, I don't like that one. Yeah, because yeah. Because it, it cuts the amount of information I get to see about the product in half.
0: Yes, yes, and you know, again, that might be just something they're testing, and they might not go back to the go back to the old. Who knows? But yeah, that's uh, just something that again I I noticed. So again, in that yep. particular case, your first two would be the most important, right?
1: Exactly. You and know. the other thing, going back to length, we mentioned that some people put enormously long bullets. If folks are seeing it in the old version, and I'm still seeing both when I go to Amazon. Yeah, me too. Some products will show up in the old one, some with a new one. But in the old design, uh, you've got five bullets there. And if you're maxing them out at 300, 350 characters each, that is an enormous block of text. Yes. And people don't like to read enormous blocks of text. So you're actually stabbing yourself in the back, in my opinion, having these monster-sized bullets my preference is around 200-ish characters each. Also, in the new design, you would only be able to see one bullet if you had enormously long bullets. Right, right. Because it's going to push everything else down uh, past that arrow that people are going to have to click, and that's a tiny little arrow. If you aren't looking for it, you may not even see it. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, that's that's a great point.
1: Yep. Amazon actually says that they have done testing. They didn't say how long ago they did this testing, but they found that 88 characters was the optimal length for a bullet. But I don't know if that testing was done a year ago or 10 years ago and things in marketing and in online selling change rapidly. So take that with a grain of salt. I'm yeah. not I'm not sure I would agree with that, but um, it's just leaning towards shorter bullets or better. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that I like to do is instead of going through the traditional marketing routine of features and benefits, I like to flip-flop that and put the benefit first and then the feature. So instead of, um, maybe something about silicone, let's see, we'll use our silicone measuring cups. Um, BPA-free silicone nonstick, you know, you could flip that around and put something like easy to clean or easy to use or ingredients glide right out or something to that effect to let people know, oh, if I have to measure peanut butter or honey or syrup or something to that effect. I'm not going to have to sit there and scrape everything out. It's just going to glide right out of these measuring cups. Then you can explain, you know, you say ingredients glide right out thanks to 100% food safe silicone that is non-stick and simple to clean. No more gooey messes or something to that effect.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Listen to how easy that is for you. <laughs> it seems I have like you've done this, this before
1: for at least 25 years if not longer
0: oh that is beautiful it would have taken me like an hour to come up with that but
1: <laughs> uh,
0: so that, that's really good though because it makes total sense I mean you're you're explaining... Uh, the benefits, not the features, because people don't really—I don't think—care so much about the features. They care about the benefits. What's it going to do for them, right? What's that's, it going to—what's it going to make easier for them, or what's it going to help them with? And that's usually the driving factor, I think. And it just reminds them of of why they're getting it.
1: Um, it does. Now, if you come down to products that are what I consider to be commodities, people already understand the benefits of these. They're all practically the same. Then your features may be what you want to include. Sure. Cell, cell phone cases for. for For instance, the look is the biggest thing. And then after that, people understand the features and the benefits already. So they want to see that it has... Um, a waterproof seal or they want to see that it has a rotating clip so they can use it portrait or landscape. You know, you don't have to, to mess with the benefits of those because they've already got them. They understand.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. 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 That makes total sense. Um, Okay. Let's move to the description now. So the description, Mm -hmm. and I mean, would you agree that the description is it's there, use it, but it's really uh, not one of the drivers as far as conversions go?
1: It is a lesser Driver of conversions. Um, It is not very visible. Amazon has tested for years having the link under the last bullet up top that says read more or read product description or something like that. Uh, And it would drop you down to the product description field. But because of its location, unless people are scrolling down on the page, they will not see the product description. But uh, those words in there despite what Amazon says, will still sometimes, underline sometimes, not always, help your product listing to show up higher in the search results. I believe that that's usually the case for obscure combinations of words. You know, maybe somebody's looking for something different and they wanted these silicone measuring cups, but they wanted them in aqua and lime green and lavender instead of red, blue, and yellow. And if you happen to have those three colors in your description and people type them in, uh, then in those types of instances is what I believe. I don't have proof of this, but I think that's mostly when you're going to see the benefit for something like that. So I absolutely would create a very compelling product description. If you get people that scroll down to look at the deals that you can offer or the people who bought this also buy links and things like that, they may scroll past the product description, and if you've got it formatted so that it's eye-catching, they're likely to stop and read it um yeah so what
0: what are some things that let's talk about that real quick about the formatting Mm -hmm. because the formatting is a thing that's been changing too they used (laughs) to they used to have images in there they used to have some html they used to be able to do some bolding um now they're really limiting it to where you can barely do anything so how do you make it so it looks i like it where it's scannable you know what i mean like i like blocks like you said at least to chunk it down um how do you go about doing that now
1: Okay, before we get started, allow me please to leap up on my soapbox for just a minute.
0: (laughs) Okay, go right ahead.
1: (laughs) Um, This is every platform that I come to. I encourage everybody listening to just start a conversation with Seller Central and say this. Author Central, the the authors that have written and are selling their own books on Amazon.com, in that dashboard, they have buttons for bold, and line breaks, and italics, and uh, bullet points. I know because I'm an author, and I have access to Author Central, and that's how we format our book descriptions that we're selling. In Vendor Central, you have to be uh, a particular type of seller to qualify for a vendor, and you have to sell to Amazon Wholesale, but then they will also allow you to sell on your own. Vendor Central has buttons for bolding and italics and line breaks and bullets, but Seller Central does not. So please just strike up a conversation and say, I'd like to offer a suggestion. Would you please allow Seller Central vendors the same courtesy that Author Central and Vendor Central have and allow us to use bold italics, line breaks, and bullets because it will help the product description stand out better, be more eye-catching, and therefore convert better, which makes Amazon more money. Sure. So off my sockbox I come. Okay. Um, <laughs> my my sermon is over. Um, but as far as the images and all of that other stuff, actually... Regular sellers have not been allowed legally to use images in product listings. What typically happens is people see other sellers using images and they assume that they can do that. Never make that assumption with Amazon. Vendors can use images legally in their product descriptions. And A-plus sellers, which uh, is this enormously secretive society on Amazon, you have to be a major manufacturer with your own products and you have to be invited to be an A-plus seller. They can use images and videos in their listing. Every other kind of seller cannot legally do that.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um, So those for FBA folks, those are out.
0: Okay. Okay. So yeah, there's really no short answer to that. Um, as of right now, other than contact seller support and tell them that we want those features that are offered in those other platforms because yes. we all should have the same type of uh, tools at our disposable or to disposal. and that's going to also help you convert you know more sales, which is going to help Amazon. And really all we're doing is kind of like signing a petition in a sense.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. I figure if they get enough requests that say these same things, they're going to start to pay attention to them, especially if they think it will make them more money. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as for HTML, uh, Amazon has never allowed HTML. If you go in Seller Central, you look in any of the style guides or any of the information in Seller Central, you will see that it says HTML is not allowed. That being said, I have gotten written permission from Seller Central to use HTML in the product listings that we write for clients. And I am not special. If you have a conversation with Seller Central, sometimes maybe you have to have a couple of conversations with several different Seller Central agents. You can probably get the same permission. Excuse me, I had to take a sip of water.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. no problem.
1: But What happens, or from what I've been told, is because they don't have uh, buttons for us to use for bold and line breaks and whatever, people start trying to use HTML code, and they screw it up. Mm -hmm. And then they contact Amazon, and they say, hey, I was trying to use HTML code, and I screwed it up. Can you fix it? And Amazon has started saying no. This was about two years ago. They said, we're not fixing it anymore. That's not what we're here for. So if you use it and you mess it up, then your listing just has to stay that way unless you can find somebody else to fix it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's when they went to the standpoint of do not use HTML. It's no longer allowed. But um, I have never, I put it in all of the listings that we write for clients unless they specifically, specifically tell us not to. While I have seen lots and lots and lots of sellers get slapped for title violations and bullet violations, I have never seen a a client of ours get slapped for HTML as long as they did not use big colored letters and images and try to input videos into their listings and things of that nature. That'll get you banned. Mm -hmm. Um, But just simple bolding line breaks and bullets, I don't think Amazon really cares as long as you don't bother them to go and fix your coding errors.
0: Right, right. Okay, I, we're, we're kind of coming to the close here, but I, I did have another question for you because I see this a lot and it kind of annoys mm-hmm. me is like for the title, sometimes you'll see if there's a holiday coming up, they'll put special Father's Day special, right, in the title and mm-hmm. and putting stuff in there. And I know that's against the terms of service. Yep. And it annoys me that my, my, my uh, competitors are doing that. Do you at all report anything like that? Or would you, or do, do you know any other sellers that do that? Is it worth it? Or is it just like, yeah, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. And you know what? They're going to let them do it, but they don't let me. And they got an advantage for the day, and I don't. I mean, what do you think about that?
1: There is a way to report folks that do have violations in their listings. And I don't know what it is off the top of my head. But if you, Uh, get the link for the Amazon product page and go to Seller Central and just start an email with them and tell them, I think this listing has violations in it. Who do I report it to? They can give you the email address. There's a different uh, division that handles uh, illegal listings and things of that nature. And I want to say it's product Product discrepancies? That, I don't remember if that doesn't sound right. But Seller Central will we'll email you back and say, we don't handle this. Please email it to blah, 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 gotcha. whatever it is. Gotcha. Gotcha. So- those folks will go in and take a look and go, nope, you can't do this. And they will take the listing down until they fix it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just recently seen that with prime day. I seen one of my competitors put in their prime day special, you know what I mean? Like, yep. I'm like, oh, come on. You know, it's like, yeah, uh, what are you going to do? The other thing I see a lot of violations happening all the time is in the, in the main image where you're not supposed to have any graphics other than the image. And I'll see, you know, like uh new item or I'll see uh, a badge that says, you know, money back guarantee. And you'll see all that stuff. And again, that's against the terms of service, but you know, Amazon's not really doing anything about it. So it might be worth it to submit something to just kind of even the playing the playing field, right?
1: Well, it depends on how much of a risk taker you are. There are lots and lots of people that do that and say that it makes a difference in their sales enough so that they're willing to continue to push the limits um, until Amazon slaps them. What typically will happen, as far as I've heard, is you'll get the famous Amazon email that says, we have delisted your product because we found violations and you need to go pull up the style guide for your category, bring it into compliance, and then we will evaluate it and relist it. Some people are willing to do that. Now, take, you have to take into account what you're dealing with here. If this is your number one seller and it's delisted and maybe they don't email you right away or that automated email from Amazon ends up in your spam folder, Mm -hmm. you know, you're missing sales for days. Then they have to take time to go in and evaluate it. Maybe it takes a day or two for them to say this isn't quite right. You have to make more changes and you go back and forth. So maybe by the time it finally gets reinstated, it's a week later. If you're willing to lose that much money, then yeah, maybe you want to push the the limits and, and be like a gray hat player, not a black hat, not totally white hat um but that's entirely up to the seller and i don't make recommendations because it's not my money on the line
0: yeah yeah no and i'm not a fan of that myself i'm i'm about playing by the rules cuz i don't want that to happen cuz i know that the that could definitely take you down for a week or two who knows
1: yeah and we're talking about somebody's livelihood depending on how many products you have that could be a lot of money maybe it's just a drop in the bucket and the extra sales you made you know, for the title violations you had up there for the special or the Christmas holiday or whatever made it worth it. I don't know. But uh, that's a decision that every seller has to make. Just make very sure that you understand what the consequences could be.
0: Yeah. Good, good advice. Good advice. Okay. I I think we covered a ton here. I think that you've delivered a, a huge amount of value. I know I've I've taken a bunch away from this. Uh, So I'm going to, I'm going to definitely be revisiting um, my products. And also in the future, you know, I'll be able to kind of share my knowledge with other people about this because I've, I've heard it from an expert. So um, let people know how they can get a hold of you. I know that you have a book that you've written and actually Mm -hmm. I know that because I purchased it and uh, it's really good. And I love the, the, the checklist and kind of like the the, the kind of work along that you, you kind of take people through is kind mm-hmm. of like filling in the blanks in a sense. Um, right. that's one of the most valuable things that I've taken away from it. And not just to mention, you give some pretty good, um, product bundling advice. Um, but yeah, tell people how they can connect with you, maybe how they could grab, um, a copy of the, of the ebook if they wanted to. And I know that you do a done for your service too. So maybe you even want to talk about that. Cause I may even be hiring you for that.
1: Oh well, awesome! Would love to do that for you. The book is called Amazon Advantage: Product Listing Strategies to Boost Your Sales. And I think Scott, you're going to have a link in the show notes uh, to find that because it's kind yes. of a long link that yep. would be convoluted to speak. Um, so we'll have a link for that. And I want to leave your folks with a coupon code as well: Scott20, no spaces, Scott two zero. That will get them 20% off the Amazon Advantage ebook, and that does come with the worksheets and the checklists and everything else that you were talking about. And then uh, Marketing Words, my company, also does offer a done-for-you Amazon product listing service where we will do the keyword research for you. We will write the title, the bullets, and the product description, and we will format the keyword fields for you in the way that they should so you get maximum exposure and traffic from the terms that we find for you. And that's on the marketing word site. Um, You can either go to the services menu or Scott, I think you probably are going to leave a link to that also in the show notes to make it easy for everybody.
0: Yep, Yep. Um, I I already know know where the link is because I already looked at it. So (laughs) I'm ready. I'm almost ready. Uh, And I know for future products, I'm going to probably definitely do that. I mean, uh, again, it's one of those things that it's just like, you know, why Try to, you know, do something that you're not an expert at, especially when you that's what you do. You're focused and niched on that. So, yeah, I'm all about that.
1: Yeah, we're yeah. we're doing these things all day long, every day uh, over and over and over again. So it's, you know, we can compared to what most people do that are not professional writers. My team can get through this much faster than you would be able to do it, and chances are it would be much better than somebody who isn't used to writing copy over and over again. So uh, you also get the ability to uh, have us guide you. You know, we get clients that ask questions about the what we were talking about with the title, sure. and I put this, this marketing language, this hype in there, and is that legal and whatnot. So we can guide you in what's allowed and what isn't, so you can make better decisions. And do some risk management along the way too. But we yeah. would love to have everybody come over and take a look at that. And would love to write some descriptions for you too, Scott.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's it's definitely in the plans. And and like I said, for anyone listening, I mean, this episode right here, I mean, total value bombs. I mean, we got we got tons of value. Um, I know I learned a lot. Like I said, and um, and I have the book, so I I've already been through it, and I'll probably go through it again because just understanding it, I think, too, even when you're just doing your um your even your keywords in your listing just to know again about not repeating. I mean, that's a huge takeaway. So I want to thank you again for taking time out of your day, Karen. I really do appreciate it. Um, and again, I'll leave all of the links and everything to the, uh, in the show notes where everyone can kind of find out more about you and if they wanted to take you up on, on that offer. But uh, once again, thank you so much.
1: I appreciate it. It has been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, um I'll be in touch with you, I'm sure. So uh, once again, I appreciate it. All right, so take care and I'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, see ya.
0: Okay, wow, wow, that was amazing. I listened to that back and I was just blown away. I mean, there is so much information there for us to absorb. I would listen to that probably again if I was you because there is a ton of value that she has given us Inside of that podcast that we just recorded, that interview, that is. So again, I want to thank Karen for coming on, taking time out of her day. Uh, again, if you guys want to check out the show notes to this, where all the links that she discussed, you can find that at theamazingseller.com forward slash eighty six. That's eight six, and you'll find all the links there. Plus. You'll also find the link to grab her book if you're interested, and you can get 20% off if you use the code SCOTT20. And again, little disclosure there, I would earn a small commission with that. That would help support the show, but of course, you don't have to. Just go ahead and buy through her if you want the ebook. I did, and uh, I actually really, really think it's worth every single penny because it's knowledge that you're going to be able to use time and time again. And you may even want to just hire her for done for your service like I'm going to. Uh, But anyway, uh, so yeah, just head over to the show notes and you can check all that out at theamazingseller.com forward slash 86. Once again, I want to thank everyone for taking time out of your day to listen, whether it's in the car, on the run, in the plane, wherever you are, I want to thank you. And just remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. I know that you can make this thing happen, but you have to, you have to, you have to say it with me is what you have to do. Take action. Take care, everyone. I'll see you in the next episode.